0: Shady,
1: yes,
0: I'm so sorry that your town is cursed and that all of the townsfolk there are gonna die soon. Yeah, also, just make sure you know that it was Pamela Voorhees, not Jason. <laughs> Today's episode Fear Street, part one, 1994, versus Scream. It's me. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Movie Deja Vu, a podcast that answers the question, Didn't I see this somewhere? from two movie aficionados. My name is John, the killer from, I don't know, enter time period here that got out of the blobby thing underneath the town, <laughs> underneath Shadyville. Shady side. Shady.
1: No, I like Shadyville. I'm winning
0: today. <laughs> and with me and with me is the final girl and my co-host, Shady. Oh hi. <laughs> oh hi.
1: Wait, if there's a shady side, can there be like a Town, Like a Johnton?
0: There's yes.
1: And it's it's somewhere. Sure. It's somewhere. We are south. neighbors. Yeah. We are neighbors. Right, yeah. You're not you're not the Sunny Valers though. You're not like those. No,
0: neighbors. no, 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 no. We are um, John 10 is like the the Denver Colorado, if you will. (laughs) And you know why.
1: (laughs) Oh, Mile High City.
0: I didn't say it. Anyway. (laughs) So we're here. Mm. We're here to talk about these movies. Uh Shady, I believe you were the one that suggested this next arc of uh episodes that we're doing
1: yeah because well,
0: we we watched the fear street movies and we were texting furiously between each other about them yeah. and all of a sudden you're just like concept <laughs> and i went <laughs> we're doing it
1: yeah so. well we we had such a good back and forth about these movies even before we introduced the idea of directly comparing them to other movies that it was just kind of like this is material we could use.
0: Yes, yeah. Like, why,
1: why aren't we recording this?
0: I don't I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll take pictures of our texts and put them on the Insta.
1: <laughs> you have my consent to do that. But also, like, I think it was because we had just finished doing Friday the 13th and Nightmares on Elm Street, and I was, like, still on that high. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, these are banger of movies. And we I, I we are children of RL Stein, but I've never read these books.
1: I would look at the covers a lot when I was still a little too young for them. You, you know, you know, when you're too young for the horror thing, but you just you went to West Coast Video or Blockbuster or wherever and you stared at that hard R horror movie you couldn't rent.
0: Jack Frost, the killer Ooh. snowman one with Ooh. the hologram
1: oh
0: that wow. would always get me mm-hmm. but I was very intrigued anyway uh a little background on these uh movies which one should I start with should I start with scream since it came out first
1: yeah I would do scream first that's that's technically what we do right
0: I mean we've done scream already we like to repeat movies apparently <laughs> which I'm not mad about no not, nor am I they're great movies um so those of you who don't know scream came out in 1996 i was eight
1: <laughs> same
0: <laughs> give or take right. uh it was written by kevin williamson directed by the late great west craven rotten tomatoes gave it a 79 percent fresh rating metacritic gave it a 65 out of 100 which i think is too low
1: personally uh- I'm going to agree with you. Um it should be noted that that's out of 25 reviews. 16 of them were positive, seven, seven of them were mixed and two were negative.
0: Um mm. uh and then we're kind of going to compare it to Fear Street Part 1 1994 which came out in 2021.
1: Oh, hey, this that's year. this year.
0: That is this year. This is like No, when we did um when we when what, what was
1: Eurovision that? was pretty new when we did yes,
0: it. so this is the same in the same boat right uh, so as we said it's based on the books by R L Stein the screenplay was by Phil Grazade and okay her name is going to come up a lot in the next couple of episodes and I want to pronounce it correctly is it Lee J- Janik or Yannick?
1: Um, I don't, it, it, it looks like it might be Janiac, which I kind of like because it rhymes with maniac.
0: Okay. So we're going to go with Lee Janiac. Lee, <laughs> if we're wrong, come on the pod and correct us.
1: Yes, please. Come on the pod. Yell at us.
0: I would also, I also have a lot of questions for you about this. Oh my- Good ones, but like, I want to talk to you. Uh, the story is by Kyle Killen. Phil Grazaday. <laughs> Phil, come on the pod you. Yeah. And Lee Janiac. And it's directed by Lee, Miss Lee. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 83% fresh rating. Wow. And Metacritic gave it a 67 out of 100.
1: That is out of 20 reviews, 14 positive, six mixed, zero negative. Wow. Yeah. Which is surprising for a slasher movie already but also surprising for a Netflix movie. They don't get ratings like this.
0: So I realized I didn't do the IMDb for Scream the little Uh, summary.
1: Okay. Go visit our last episode on Scream and Scream 4.
0: (laughs) Episode 24 I believe. Uh, I, I
1: believe you you're correct.
0: But according to IMDb, Fear Street is about a circle of teenage friends accidentally encounter the ancient evil responsible for a series of brutal murders that have plagued their town for over 300 years. Welcome to Shadyside. That is Ooh. literally on the IMDb. I didn't add the welcome to Shadyside part. That is part of the IMDb. Good
1: job on whichever marketing intern for Netflix wrote that. Um, I want to confirm real quick, it is episode 24, is when we did Scream versus Scream 4 with a uh, special guest, Jason Kerr. Uh huh. Also, I, remember. <laughs> I have no actual issues with that IMDb summary having seen the movie. I'm so glad I did not read anything like that before watching the movie.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, this is what, like, my second or third time watching this movie.
1: This is my I- fourth. I never
0: really read the IMDb summaries of movies when they come out because they're always bonkers and off the wall.
1: Right. They're either inaccurate or they, you know, kind of ruin something about it. Like, this movie, I kind of went in just because there was some buzz about it and I heard that there was one kill that was really interesting and that it does Mm -hmm. sort of a scream thing. I had no clue it was a Supernatural movie before I watched it. So, like, it turned supernatural. And I was like, well, this is a trip.
0: Well, that's something that I actually have as, I mean, I know we're going to be talking about other influences that this, that these movies have, but like directly doing like the Venn diagram with these two. um, I have that like scream is a straight up slasher film. Whereas fear street has Tonal shifts here and there because it's supernatural, it's a slasher, it's a nostalgic movie, it's a this, it's a that, and blah, blah, blah. So,
1: right. And and if if anything, uh, Scream was kind of famed partly for sort of bringing the slasher back down to earth after how many times did they bring Jason and Michael Myers back to life? And then Scream was like, no, this is a little bit closer to what it would actually be like if a real person. Decided to do this,
0: right? But then on Fear Street, they're like, mm, "Our killers are gonna like
1: be possessed and yeah.
0: also be supernatural and come back from the dead,
1: kind uh-huh. of." Yeah, there's there's witchcraft involved. There's yeah. there's witchcraft possession,
0: there? the
1: zombies. The-
0: but like with this movie, right off the bat, uh, Fear Street copies Scream.
1: Oh, down uh, and, to... And the
0: prologue.
1: Yeah, down to that, like... It's the
0: same choreography.
1: Yeah, it's like it goes into basically a shot-for-shot shot remake of it. And even the casting is... Like, there's the same idea behind the casting of that Yeah. Scene.
0: So what Shady is referencing here is that uh, Drew Barrymore was in Scream. You know, little-known actress. Uh, I <laughs> from, lied.
1: From a little-known Hollywood family. Yeah,
0: you know the Barrymores are are nobodies,
1: right? Right, none of them were in a movie like It's a Wonderful Life or anything like that. Never.
0: But um, so she was originally offered the role of Sydney Prescott, which she turned down, but she still wanted to be part of the movie. So, um, Wes Craven cast her as. Fuck, I forgot her name already.
1: Casey Becker.
0: Casey, that's it. Who's who's married? (laughs) No. (laughs) Dating Steve Orth, who's the... He's big and he plays football and he's gonna
1: kick your ass!
0: But she was the main draw for this movie because, like, Friends just started, I think, or was picking up popularity around this time.
1: Yeah. So wasn't,
0: like, the name that she was.
1: Right. And I mean, 96, it must have only been in, like, maybe the second or third season, right?
0: Right. So, she was, like, picking up in popularity. She wasn't... They weren't making the million dollars an episode yet. So, she wasn't the household name. It was Drew Barrymore. Um, so, with Fear Street, Maya Hawk, who is the daughter of Hollywood royalty... I will say.
1: Yeah, fair.
0: Uh, Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. Uh, she's also is is racking up the credits, too. Like yeah. She was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She is a um, recurring character. I think she's now part of the main cast of uh, Stranger, Stranger Things. things. Yeah. Season 4 hasn't come out yet, so we will wait to see if she is actually, like, a supporting character or main, or main cast.
1: I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. She like, re- like that character was immediately loved, a favorite.
0: And she's a meme. Exactly. Holding up that sign and then people huh. just put whatever they want on the sign with that yeah. face.
1: She's a meme. <laughs> she was also in uh, the BBC version of Little Women, which is really very good. She plays Joe in that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's really good in that. Like, you watch that and you're like, okay, no wonder, like, the offers came in after this.
0: And, like, yeah, everyone knows, well, a lot of people should know Gillian Jacobs from Community. Yeah. Uh, but the rest of the cast, the other kids, if you will, are up-and-comers.
1: Yeah. I don't w- want to
0: call them unknowns. No, because they probably have a role that people know them from, and you're you're about to say something.
1: Yeah, well, Fred Hetchinger, I believe that's his name, who plays Simon. He was just in the HBO mini series The White Lotus, which was like one of like the super trendy series. Oh of the
0: yes,
1: and then. Like, I, I know some of the adult actors, but I can't say that I immediately recognized any of the other teen actors from anything.
0: Right. and not, I Not
1: from this one, at least.
0: And Gillian isn't in the movie, per se. She's in... So with how Netflix did this <laughs> is that they had a trailer at the end before the post-credits um, or before the ending credits, I should say. And you see her in that trailer. So right.
1: you hear her voice over the phone. So if you're if like you're a that... super fan, you might recognize it. right. But... I mean
0: I I'm, I consider myself a big fan of community, and I had trouble pinning down that voice, yeah, at first.
1: It was just kind of like, oh, she kind of sounds familiar.
0: But Shady, you actually you texted me <laughs> a, comparison with characters
1: yeah I, between I these two to, movies i wanted to run this by you to make sure that i wasn't coming out of nowhere and sounding insane no and you were 100 correct i did not want to spend 10 minutes defending my choices
0: so i mean not by obvious so the, the role about?
1: that they play in the murders is different right yes is that, is that what we want to say
0: yeah uh because uh we're gonna compare Stu and billy to people from fear street which guys uh, i i shouldn't have to say spoiler alert but fucking spoiler alert they're the killers of scream the 25 year old movie i you know i there are some gen zers that may listen to this that don't know that that part
1: Go watch Scream, Gen Zers. Go watch Scream. And forget what we just said.
0: But Shady, since it was your list, what what did you say were the similar characters?
1: All right. So I kept it to the teens because trying to involve the adults, I think, involved too much fudging around with things. Um, But I basically said that as far as personality type, Dina, the lead in Fear Street 1994, is most similar to Billy Loomis because they're both sort of the brooding type. They have, like, girlfriend
0: issues.
1: (laughs) And then the girlfriends, respectively, are Sam and Sydney, who are sort of the more classic final girl personality types, except that Sam's not really a final... I mean, we can argue about that. But Sydney's, like, the final girl.
0: Sydney is the final girl.
1: Right. Um, and then you get into the friends, which include Kate and Tatum, who are both, as compared to the uh, aforementioned final girl types, they're sort of the more quote unquote bad girls. They have like a little bit more of an attitude. Um, they're a little bit more showy with their clothes and stuff like that.
0: They're the ones that are friends with the final girl. Right. But um, are going to die. And they, but they <laughs> no. usually. I mean, in other films, that character, as well as these films, Mm -hmm. that character type Mm -hmm. is usually one of the last few.
1: Right. It's usually one of the last ones to die. We want to spend a lot of time with her. Um, And she usually gets one of the most spectacular deaths, I'll say. And I would say that that's definitely true for Kate and Tatum.
0: Yeah, but the one that... uh, So in Screen 2, though... I would say her roommate is this character, but she doesn't yeah. have a spectacular
1: death. That's true. She's she very. Just, she just got stabbed.
0: Yeah. In, in a in a very like, it, she, all she does is what stab like that's it. Literally, <laughs> right. that's all right. that happens.
1: The only thing that's really spectacular is the scene immediately before that. The the whole thing where they're getting oh, out of yeah. the top car but... is like so tense. Uh huh. Um, but anyway. Going back to this subject. And then I would argue that Simon and Stu are the same sort of role in their friend group because they're sort of like the wacky guy.
0: I would say they're also the stoner yeah. stereotype of the of the slasher film.
1: Yeah, we don't get confirmation on Stu. We definitely get it for Simon.
0: Come on. But like, but Matthew like Lillard he's... is definitely right. a stoner.
1: <laughs> right? He sticks it's... his tongue out every goddamn line. <laughs>
0: never alone <laughs> um
1: and then you've got randy and well josh and randy i'll i'll keep it fear street scream order but they are the sort of nerd of the group
0: well i also wrote down that they are the wise character who's knowledgeable about the situation that they're in
1: because mm, randy lays down the rules and josh knows all the the lore yes, the that's... mythology
0: Stupid montage that I love and hate (laughs) where he rips clippings off of his wall and slaps it down on a table. And I'm like, girl.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I know. It's it's so extra. It's one of those things, and we get a few of those in Fear Street, which I love, but it's one of those things where I'm like, I should hate this, but I'm kind of loving it.
0: I know. I you know what else is really fascinating though? What's that? That for the most part. Stabbing is the choice of method for the killers. Mm. Tommy does, like has the axe,
1: right? But it's Camp still Night like Wing a killer. The what? The the Camp. Nightwing killer. Yeah, we don't know his name in this one.
0: Oh shit! Oh whatever.
1: That's okay.
0: Um, it's on Netflix. Everyone's watched it already. Uh, it's like Tiger King.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's watched like- it already. Right. It's also it's in the first act of the next movie. Like, it's not, we're not yeah. spoiling the next movie for you.
0: No. Uh, guns are very rarely used in these movies. And you'd think we're in the 90s, right? Like, guns are everywhere.
1: Right. Well, so. guns are primarily used by the heroes uh, out of self defense. But even then, not that much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, I mean, in Scream, it they actually kill the killer with a gun, right. or one of the killers with a gun. And in Fear Street, uh, you find out that like the those that are the zombies, if you will, um, cannot die. <laughs> <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> it's like a video game. You know, you get knocked down, but you get up again. <laughs> You're know, gonna bring me down.
1: He drinks a whiskey Wait. drink. He drinks a longer drink.
0: <laughs> but then, which um, kind of brings me to another point too: uh, the technology of the time is integral to the story.
1: Mm. Mm. Elaborate so, on that, please.
0: Okay, so so in Scream, cell phones were not popular in at this time. Like, no, we didn't. Everyone didn't have an iPhone, right?
1: Um, It was rare enough that Billy having a cell phone makes him a suspect.
0: Right, as well as, and I still don't get this to this day, when Sid emails or direct messages 911, like on her computer, I don't get it.
1: Was that a thing? It must have been. Why else would it be in the movie?
0: Don't ask questions. But then um, in Fear Street, It's a little more for those that have lived in the 90s. All the stuff all the I mean
1: it's a lot of nostalgia bait.
0: Yeah. Um I guess you can also say that like Josh got a lot of his research off of AOL, which is expensive. Um (laughs) so stupid. I (laughs) know. But like even even the shot of the beeper the fact that is it's it's set in 1994 so they they don't have cell phones
1: right and, and the fact that he uses the internet is enough to mark josh as like a social pariah basically because only mm-hmm. super nerds used it back then
0: big big old nerds he, yeah. they may as well give him glasses or something <laughs> god
1: which uh, in 1994 we were we were too young to even really be using the internet, but did you even have a family computer?
0: Yeah, we did.
1: Okay, but we, it wasn't in the
0: basement. Like, we didn't have a basement, so
1: okay. Yeah, we didn't get a computer until a couple of years later.
0: Did you build a fort around your computer?
1: I would have if I could have. Like if my <laughs> if my parents let me, I would have been there all the time, just on uh, my Sailor Moon fan forums.
0: Guys, this movie, like I, I, <laughs> I we genuinely do like it. But there's a lot right. of things that we can poke, we can, like, question.
1: Yeah, Um. well, part of why we can poke so much fun at this movie is because we do like it so much. But I will say, I think between the opening kill and then when the undead zombie killers come back, it kind of drags a bit. So, like, the stuff I don't like sticks out a lot more.
0: Yeah, because even, well, so in Scream, between the opening kill and then the third party bloodbath. The third act bloodbath, I, I should say. Not third party. What am, I, what am I talking about?
1: Well, it's at a party.
0: <laughs> well, there's, there is a moment where um, Sydney gets attacked in her house. So it's enough of a
1: scare. Right. right. And it does. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: I was gonna say it's enough of a scare that it like it doesn't drag as much, even though there's still drama that goes on. But the drama in Fear Street just like lasts a little too long. Granted, yeah. they were also building up the reveal that Sam is a girl. Right. And this is a lesbian relationship that they have to keep secret because 90s.
1: Right. I think. By the end of the trilogy, and I don't want to get ahead of myself here because we're not talking about the full trilogy. Not yet. But the drama that they laid down at this part does all pay off. It's just, at the time when they're laying it all down, you're like, what is this even going to lead to? Why do I even care?
0: But that's a good point that you bring up without really knowing that you brought it up. This is The fact that they made this movie to be a trilogy, whereas Scream wasn't planned to be sequels right i think i think at the time
1: i I think they they even kind of made fun of the idea that it would be expected to launch a sequel
0: yeah and then when they did the sequels it's just like the rules are shifting and right the rules of the sequel the rules of a trilogy (laughs) the rules of a remake where is i going do you what do we want to say shady I mean, there's a there's actually a lot of... I, I found a lot of similarities between... A lot more similarities between these two specific movies than I thought I would.
1: Yeah, I, I did too, considering I was like, well, the first scene is obviously a huge shout-out. Yes. But after that, it takes a totally different route. So we're going to run out of things to talk about. But there is still stuff to talk about.
0: I mean, the fact that also um, there's an absent father for for the main character. Yeah. Uh in Fear Street you never see him. Mm-hmm. And, and in Scream he's used as a suspect, right. well, potential suspect. Um and to be the fall guy, which that's pretty amazing. <laughs> like yeah. they, they thought that out. That was a thing too. Um a difference between the two movies is that like Scream they actually planned who they were gonna kill it feels like and I feel like yeah. I've seen a fan theory of like explaining
1: right all of the which right
0: yes um in fear Street though the, it's just they just kill whomever is in front of Sam because all these people are going after Sam
1: right and, and there is both movies do have a central mystery that the characters have to you know, investigate and you know figure they out. have to get in the mystery machine. But like, it's a completely different sort of mystery because Scream is a who's who done who's done it, who's who's doing it,
0: who's doing it.
1: Um, and then Fear Street is like, okay, who are these people? Why are these perfectly nice, normal seeming people just murdering the people around them? And right. why are they now undead and following us specifically? And how do we stop it? Like it's like there's this whole curse that they have to get into.
0: Um, I also wrote down that there are secondary characters that have a romantic storyline. So in Scream, hmm. it's the beginning of uh, Courtney Gale, Cox and
1: yeah. Gail and, and Dewey. Dewey. Yeah,
0: and then in fear street it's josh and
1: kate? kate question mark
0: well so they kind of flirt a little yeah she flirts with him more let's be yeah. real here
1: well he's obviously in love with her because during that whole and i did write down the time code for every single needle drop in this movie there is a seven minute period where we hear one two three four five six seven songs uh huh. Which is ridiculous. But one of those songs is uh, Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover by Sophie B. Hawkins. Uh, Which, just so you know. Bring that... it
0: back. Bring it back to community.
1: Ha! <laughs> ah, Gillian Jacobs, specifically.
0: Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> She's the one.
1: She's the one. Um, but so we know that Josh uh, has a crush on Kate because he hears that song in his head when he sees her walking by. And then yeah. she, like, toys with that.
0: In the hospital. She kind of, like, sees another side of him. Because, presumably, mm-hmm. she sees him as Dee's brother. But, like, right. prior to this movie. Right. Um, but, like, once he shows off his nerddom. Because he's on the computer all the time, guys. Yeah. And he learned how to... He knows the hacks. He knows how to hack a A vending, vending machine. machine. Um, she sees a different side of him and then when they're in the mm, is it a grocery store is it a market whatever it is
1: yeah at the climax yeah
0: she kisses him and i don't know if it's because it's like a release of tension or if it's like she's admitting that she likes him but i mean it's a cute little storyline
1: like yeah
0: and then and then when she dies i just my heart is broken.
1: I know. Well, they and- do also apparently make out earlier in the school in the girls' uh, bathroom. Oh but right. That that seems more like she's kind of doing it because it's a pity kiss. And also she-
0: also again a little a little tension reliever because they're like, we're doing the stupid plan.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Speaking of that segment. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, you have them, you have Sam and D also kissing.
1: Well, they, they're definitely trying to take it further.
0: But like in Scream, there is a full-blown sex scene. Like Sim oh. loses her virginity.
1: Yeah. Which, which is, is like
0: a, a big a no-no.
1: Yeah. A no-no
0: according to Randy's rules.
1: We have just learned that only virgins survive.
0: Right, and Sid's no longer a virgin.
1: Right, and I think it's safe to assume that Sam and Dina have had sex before. Like they're I'm not going to say yes. Yeah, like it seems like they were very, very involved before their breakup. Secretly, yeah.
0: So, well, from the town, right? People knew, but like, <laughs> right. uh, but like, so the interesting thing though is that these movies are both rated r but i feel like their audience is different yeah well scream is going for more the young adults the 20 year olds
1: maybe the 18 year
0: old 17 year olds but like fear street felt like it was for teenagers mm-hmm. am i wrong i'm like
1: no, I, mean, I agree.
0: With these. Uh, with the other slasher movies that you watched for research. <laughs> uh, they all feel the same as Scream, though. Am I wrong? In, well, for the most part.
1: No, I think you're right. And I wonder how much of that is because we're watching them at such wildly different points in our lives for the first time. Because we were kids when we watched Scream. Or so it, it, did that feel just way more adult than it actually was when we were kids?
0: Or did it just feel like this one? I mean, this is the first one of three. So they needed to like come in with a bang, but also grab the audience. Mm-hmm. It came out around a time it came out in the summer, right? Yeah. Yeah. A couple like a couple months ago. What am I talking about? Yeah. Uh kids were home. So like they wanted to get the teenagers who weren't in school to watch it. Uh So I think they wanted to go with that tone. Plus, like I said, I haven't read Fear Street. So I think it was following the book's tone as well.
1: Probably, I'm gonna agree with you there. I also wonder how much of it is just uh, a byproduct of sort of the visual style because Fear Street was very clearly made for a digital viewing experience. Like it was made to be streamed. It was not, I don't know if there was ever, maybe there was a plan to release it in theaters if it didn't come out during pandemic or something.
0: This seems like the way that they filmed it, it seems a little too intentional to be part of a streaming service.
1: Right, it's strange because it feels like they definitely had the idea of this will be streamed in mind without you know, there's such a huge gulf, even if we're just talking strictly Netflix productions, there's such a huge gulf in style between the stuff like Beasts of No Nation and The Irishman, which get theatrical releases versus the stuff that are straight for Netflix, straight to the Netflix. The kissing
0: booth.
1: Right. <laughs> um, and I don't fully know the reasons why. I'm guessing a lot of it is the stuff that they don't is going to be screened on actual movie screens they're just going to go for lower compression um, and stuff that's a little less busy maybe um
0: but i think also the fact that it's on a streaming service mm -hmm. they can get away with more than what they could get
1: away with on oh in terms in terms of content you mean yeah yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. I'm talking like purely visuals, like like the cinematography style and stuff. I,
0: I'm like just that. I'm bouncing off your your talking. Oh, okay, <laughs> I I agree with you, and <laughs> like the bread cutter death. <laughs> yeah. You, I don't think you can get away with it. I mean, even today, I don't think you could get away with that on the big screen. I mean, the way that they filmed it.
1: Yeah, because you
0: saw. I mean.
1: It's pretty graphic.
0: Very graphic.
1: Yeah, I, and I mean, and I then feel Simon like you, gets you, an axe to the head. Yeah, like but... immediately afterwards. Yeah. So was like, I feel like I've seen movies in theaters that have stuff equal to that level of graphic, but not necessarily with characters that are so sympathetic, and that does make a difference in terms of like ratings and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. But then the most graphic death in Scream, I would argue, is the garage door.
1: I'm agreeing with you. You like see her face get like flattened out for a second there.
0: Okay. I've seen that movie conservatively a hundred (laughs) times. Okay. Follow me on this. I read on the IMDB trivia that it was rose mcgowan's idea to to scream mommy or mother or mom or whatever right before her death and then i watched it with subtitles and you do you you it says it there and then if you listen closely you hear her before her head is crunched she says she screams for her mother and i was just like where the fuck have I been the last 99 times
1: <laughs> I think like I want to say like that that's not surprising to me but that's also not something I knew does that make sense
0: right yeah because it, it, it would oh,
1: God. she does yell something that like now that I think about it I'm like, she's scr- oh, yeah, she's, like she's...
0: screaming and grunting a lot like right as- and 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 it's mixed in there
1: right and there is one scream that distinctly sounds like her shouting she's possibly shouting mom but
0: you you know which one i'm talking about that
1: that oh
0: i mean i feel like man i i do like tatum i know she's the bad girl and everything
1: (laughs) smoking in the ladies
0: room and whatnot
1: she's like the quote-unquote bad girl where like she's just like she's not the the pure wholesome girl next door in the same way that Sid is
0: but like now knowing that I feel the same way as Kate's death because that it's brutal but like you know it it hurts a little bit (laughs) it hurts it, it hurts my blackened
1: heart there is, like, like Kate's death, I think, wouldn't be as impactful if she didn't have, like, it's a prolonged struggle before she gets her head shoved through there.
0: Yeah, and it's like a, it's sort of a Rube Goldberg effect, where she's being chased by this killer, and right. she starts the machine on right. accident.
1: I also want to note real quick that the killer she's being chased by is known as Skull Mask, and his costume is a cheap-looking Halloween costume of an undead being of some sort, that much like, get, much like Ghostface.
0: That you can get at every five and dime,
1: or Spencer's apparently. I think that
0: nope, five and dime. We're we're go- we're going with Dewey's <laughs> line.
1: There you go. I was just, like, thinking, like, that character, I think, was working at a Spencer's, or, like...
0: Oh, yeah. No. What, what
1: was supposed to be like a Spencer's.
0: No, that character was another... That character, I think, is supposed to be just another person at school. The guy that Maya Hawk talks to, That that's not the killer, though, is it? Yeah, it is. Because I thought
1: he... Yeah, because there's he's talking to her. They're joking around. He's like saying he's going to give her a ride from school. We established that they're friends. And then there's a fly buzzing around. And you hear someone whisper, Ryan. And he goes, oh, oh, what? Because I thought that's... that was a
0: different character entirely then. No, it's the same character. Uh, I didn't catch
1: that. Yeah, because that's the beginning of his possession, which I did not pick up on until I think the third time I watched it.
0: Mm, I think you just told that to me. So I think I just picked it up now. <laughs> um a big difference between this these movies though is that in scream uh it's two humans doing it right and then in uh fear street we have multiple killers from different time periods as i mean i just want to officially say it i know we kind of like danced around it but i just want to
1: Right, and, um, and we know from the beginning it's not just, or at least from the beginning of this portion of it, that it's not just one killer. Pretty much, like like we find out pretty early on that there are multiple killers after them. Yeah, Scream, it was the big twist that there were two of them.
0: Right, and then it's always fun to go back and figure out who's who. Uh, it sure is. But another similarity, though, between these two specific movies is that the police are treated as fools. And they're also assholes.
1: Right. But the maiden, I don't want to say too much because we're not talking about the full Fear Street trilogy.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about in Fear Street that other mm-hmm. cop too. The one right. that she steals the gun from. Right. He's kind of an He's really oh, an asshole. Yeah.
1: He's like unnecessarily aggro. And a buffoon. Um, yeah. And the most sympathetic cop we get in Scream is Dewey, who's basically a comic relief character.
0: Like Tatum makes fun of him the whole time.
1: Yeah. Like he's constantly getting his authority questioned. I guess the sheriff is okay. He's a
0: little buffoony too. Yeah, cause... he is. Um,
1: Which also, like, you kind of have to set that up in a slasher movie in order to make it work because if the police are competent, why are these serial murderers still out there
0: shady i'm just going to drop another trivia right now about scream that i just read and it blew my mind so you know the scene in uh with the sheriff and dewey where the sheriff is smoking outside and dewey's eating ice cream yes you see we see the sheriff's boots and they are the same exact boots that the killers wear and that is done on purpose because he they wanted him to be a red herring. Mm. again, a hundred mm. times, mm-hmm. and fucking IMDB. I need to now go watch it for a hundred the first time. Uh, mm. Oh, and another big difference between these two movies is that Fear Street is I know I said that well, no, said about another movie right before we talked about. It. never mind. Uh, <laughs> Fear Street is a child of this time period of the of the 21st century right they include people of color
1: (gasps) oh what
0: i know scream scream one is all white yeah and that is a i want to say that is a child of its time
1: Mm -hmm. no no completely i agree with you there
0: because is it scream two we get some diversity
1: right and even one survivor who's a black man who spends most of his screen time talking about how he's pretty sure he's gonna die because he's a black man in a horror movie setup right but like there's also a lot of and fair enough for the type of movie that it is where it's doing this sort of meta horror thing but like there's a lot of discussion about those characters all of them about how they're black and sort of don't fit in to that kind of genre convention.
0: Right. And that's not even a question in fear street.
1: Right. They're right. just people. but yeah, but there's, yeah. No, there's no real like mention of Dina and Josh and their ethnic background or Kate's ethnic background because she's appears to me to be.
0: I don't want to say anything because I don't want to be canceled. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. She she's. She's ambiguous. Can we say she's that? Amb- Are we she, allowed to say that?
0: She's Kate. Right. She's Kate.
1: She, she's the character type who would normally be a blue-eyed blonde, and she's not.
0: Question. Feel free to cut this out, though. Okay. I just thought of this. You know when she's babysitting the twins, the two mm-hmm. girls, and then she brings them to another house? Yeah. Does she bring them to the nurse in the second movie?
1: She sure does. I thought so! Thank you. I only knew that because I used to watch a show that Jordana Spiro was on, that actress. And the first time I watched 1994, I was like, why would they bring Jordana Spiro onto this movie for just that? Just
0: just wait.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just wait.
0: I think we touched upon everything that I wanted to talk about with these two movies is. Yeah. I,
1: I, yeah, I really wanted to talk about the cops, but I don't know what. We can say about Nick Good, Sheriff Nick Good, too much in this episode. So he's supposed to
0: be the hero in this one.
1: When you're watching this movie, you're kind of unsure of his role. He seems to be an ally, but the characters also have an innate distrust of him because he's from a different town. But I'm not sure how the audience is supposed to feel about him because I'm biased against any police officer in a horror movie.
0: So I can tell you in this one, when I first watched it, I thought he was like on their side wanting to help. Right. Yeah. I
1: I wasn't sure what to make of him because cops usually aren't very helpful in horror movies oh
0: adults are not helpful yes 100 100 percent right but
1: that is another actor that i recognize from an hbo show though so putting that out there
0: well well that's the thing too with these movies there's with the, these two movies there's very little adults in it i mean right. we've got gail dewey and mm, cameraman Forgot. Kenny. Kenny, thank you. We have them. They're the ones that like are their supporting characters. And I'm gonna call Kenny a supporting character. Fight me on it.
1: No. But his, they, his his depth has impact. Right.
0: They um and well, and kind of her dad and the sheriff, but like and I guess the principal and and yeah, Henry Winkler, but like they are far enough away from the story as opposed to other movies where hmm, what's a good one from the 90s is i know what you did last summer one where the where an adult is like you're making the shit up
1: yeah no parents are kind of a non-factor in that movie for the most part Mm, this argument is you know what urban legend because the dean and the professor and the security officer um, they play very very big parts
0: yeah, so urban legends, they're they're the ones that are denying everything. Right. And then in Fear Street, there's really the cops and the the hospital staff.
1: Yeah. And the hospital staff gets murdered very quickly. Very
0: quickly. And the cops, like, I mean, with the way that with the story that they're telling, yes, I would understand them being like, okay, kids, what the fuck? But
1: well, because also the cops are all sunny veilers, right? So they're already biased against these kids just because they're from Shady Side.
0: Yes. Oh, and then there's also um Sam's mom, but Sam's mom Yeah. Is. She... Well,
1: she's, she's there for homophobia purposes. Oh. I hate her.
0: Wait until two episodes. <laughs> I've Woo! got a thing. <laughs> um but so. Besides that fact, that little tidbit that I just mentioned, is there anything really that, like, um, I mean, I guess we could talk about, like, time within mm-hmm. the movie where Scream is a couple of days, and if you think about it, n- no, wait, yes, Fear Street takes place in a day.
1: Two days? Because there, there's the the night where they oh, have the yeah, car accident. But, but that's all the first act. Acts two and three take place within the same 24 hours, I think.
0: Yeah, and then really... Oh, well, can the same be said about Scream? Yeah. Well, no, because there's definitely days.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a few costume changes, aren't there?
0: Well, So there's Casey's death is one night. Then the next day at school.
1: Sydney gets attacked at home.
0: Attacked at home. Sydney gets attacked at school. hmm and then the party. So I want to say that there is a, enough of a difference where Scream takes place in a few more days, but... But like
1: within a week in both movies, you would say, right?
0: I would say both movies take place within a week, yeah. And definitely the meat of like what you're going to remember slash all the deaths right, is in the course of 24 hours.
1: Right. Um, so I did want to bring this up real quick. We talked about this a little bit through text, but in both movies, the the reaction, the community's reaction, well, particularly the high school's community's reaction to the deaths in the beginning are so callous and weird. Yeah. And I thought it was bad enough watching Fear Street 1994, where I was like, they're making jokes about the fact that one of their classmates was just murdered. No, and scream. then and then I rewatched Scream, oh, right. and I was like, "Oh, this is so much." Oh, this is so worse. bad. To the point where, like, then I watched Scream 2 and I'm like, "Wow, could you imagine if in our real world somebody made a like a cheesy slasher movie based off of Columbine?" <laughs> That's basically what they do in the Scream movies, because the. staff sure is movie- out
0: there. I, I, I don't doubt but that But it wouldn't
1: a- be given this kind of Hollywood treatment. No. Because no. that, I think everyone would agree, would be in wildly poor taste. Yeah.
0: The taste level's not there.
1: Right. Like, Like, within a year of this massacre in Woodsboro, there is a major Hollywood movie where, like, they're, like, giving away replicas of the mask that the killer wore at the premiere. Like, what? Which like I know we don't live in the most sensitive society, but we're not like that.
0: No. No, and then also and then I wanna smack whoever did this. The shady side witches and the sunny devils. Like uh,
1: that's another one of those things where it's so on the nose, especially if you watch the whole trilogy, but we'll get there. But it's so on the nose that I'm like. I kind of hate it, but I kind of
0: love it. It's, it's, it, I, th- again, it's about the tone of the movie where uh, Scream was taking itself seriously, even though it was also a parody at the same time. Right. So, like, the jokes were kind of hidden, they're hidden a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and, and to some degree, you can accept the jokes the characters are making as like a coping mechanism.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, what is that? Gallows humor? There you go. Where in and then in um, Fear Street, like we have that whole breakup drama, and then we have it. It gets a little like Cwe. Yes, it does. But like when it picks up, um, I want to say when they go to the school, that's when it, sh- it shifts to a slasher movie.
1: Yeah. And it I-
0: stays there until the end.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think- mean. Maybe we can fudge it to say when they figure out that they're all coming after Sam specifically.
0: Well, yeah, but like it's the slasher mystical movie, a hybrid. Right. Because then we're dealing with like the zombies, if you will.
1: I, I do have to say, and I love Scream and I think it's really good in the way that it deconstructs the type of movie that it is while still being that type of movie. But because Scream was so successful, that became the norm for Hollywood movies. Um, and it's kind of tiring to watch a lot of slasher movies where all they're doing the whole time is just like being like, we're in a slasher movie. This is what's going to happen next. And then you see what happens next. Or like, I'm the type of character who dies. Um, and then they die. Um, and Question it's. Eight. It was kind of refreshing that Fear Street 94 actually didn't do a lot of that. They
0: didn't do that. No, they didn't they didn't have any... well, you do see people reference movies and or uh, watch other movies and things right. like that, but like they're but not
1: even, Like e- some of the big references are like to Jaws, which sure is a horror movie, but it's not a slasher movie
0: which go listen to our episode about jaws <laughs> don't remember the number 41 <laughs> I want to say 41
1: uh I can look it up real quick because I have that pulled up 42 40 42 yes
0: because 41 was aliens uh
1: and then also maybe like some visual shout outs to stuff like obviously the Nightwing killer looks an awful lot like Jason Voorhees um, <clears throat>
0: next episode <clears throat> uh-huh
1: um, and he's chopping down a door with an axe, which made me think of Jack Torrance from The Shining. I don't know if that was intentional or just that's the logical thing to do when you have a character with an axe who needs to get to these other characters locked in a room.
0: Right. And of course, you're going to think of that because that's pop culture. Right. It's the quote unquote meme of the movie you well.
1: <laughs> right. And he doesn't say, here's Johnny. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't speak.
0: No. but. um I think we've talked these movies to death. Ha ha, pun. Ayo. So let's, should we get into special features or is there another point you want to make?
1: Oh my goodness. We talked about, so we did, uh, We just, talked circles. P- piggybacking your earlier point about the diversity in these movies. Also, Scream did not have any openly queer characters and obviously the central romance in Fear Street is two ladies.
0: Any scream movie doesn't have that. I don't think really any fl- slasher movies have that.
1: Uh, it's pretty rare.
0: And if it if there is a gay character, they are not sexual and they die like in the within the first like few deaths.
1: Yeah, uh, which is interesting with the scream movies because Kevin Williamson is gay.
0: Yes, yes. There's still a little debate about scream four with that one character. Anyway. Let's get to special features, shall we? Special features. God bless our youth, America. So, with this special features, we're doing something a little different. We're flipping the script in a way where instead of each of us taking a movie to talk about trivia, we're going to talk about. Well, I'm going to talk about, I should say. (laughs) Uh, The slasher genre. Because each movie, if you haven't seen Fear Street yet, each movie is a very specific genre within horror. I don't want to say they're all slasher movies because not all of them are slasher movies.
1: Different movements, if you will. Different movements.
0: Besides bowel movements. Uh, uh Uh-huh poop joke this movie like we said and have been saying is clearly a slasher film and i am so excited to talk about slasher films because it is one of my favorite genres i don't know why i honestly i i I know i am weird in admitting that Mm. but
1: i mean uh, me too it
0: it makes me think of scream 4 where uh, (laughs) Kristen bell talks about why people like, why do people like horror movies? Right. Um, I think it's because like it gets the adrenaline going and you feel the fear and you're feeling these emotions.
1: Right. But and then there's a release for it.
0: There is a release. It
1: doesn't put you in danger.
0: We are, we are, we have the um, the final girl most of the time is, is a woman Uh, defeating the evil and so it's an end for the Mm -hmm. most part unless it's a franchise then it's not slasher now i am going to just say this right now i am going to be pulling things from the slasher film wikipedia page that was my research it is i've read the entire thing and usually i skim wikipedia like every human does yeah but It is very fascinating, and if you really like the slasher genre, go take a look at it because boy howdy, it is (laughs) chock full of information. But it talks about like the origins of slasher, and it goes back to ancient Rome. If you think really think about it, Mm. Um, because of like gladiators, where we like people like to watch other people inflict violence on each other. Hmm. So.
1: So, so you like to sort of revel, like, is, do you think there's like some sort of psychology there where people like to be reminded of their own mortality without actually being put in danger? So watching somebody else in danger kind of gives you that thrill.
0: I think that's the idea of what they're saying on the Wikipedia page. But for current times, we know it's fake.
1: So there's way less of an ethical dilemma.
0: Right. We, we know that, you know, it's not really Rose McGowan that gets crushed. Granted, we know that it's a dummy because it looks so fake, but like, <laughs> we know that she's playing a character. Right. Based out of off of fiction that gives us that release again, like what you mentioned. Um, fictionalized accounts became popular in the late 19th century with plays as well Mm. as books. And, you know, the Lumiere brothers haven't existed yet. So, (laughs) but then if you really think about the slasher genre, it started in 1974, I'm gonna say. Okay. Because prior to that, we had Peeping Tom and Psycho, which came out months apart of each other in 1960, which were heavy influences in the slasher genre
1: right. where
0: peeping Tom, we are viewing the murders through the killer's eyes. I've read that out of various sources. I have not seen this movie. I should, I know I should, but mm-hmm. I haven't yet. And then when black Christmas came out and then subsequently Halloween, that's when we were getting a person killing somebody. Um, they, they're they going on a murderous spree. Mm-hmm. Like Peeping Tom, like I said, we get it from his perspective, but now we're getting it from a third-party perspective that we don't know who the killer is. And for the most part, they're human <laughs> and they are sometimes masked. Um, but the slasher genres can be broken up into three different eras where you have what's called the classical which is from 1974 to 1993 the self-referential which is from 94 to 2000 and then the neo slasher which is from 2001 to they say 2013 on here I want to say present
1: okay because
0: we're redefining the genre like every stage is redefining the genre as it moves along
1: well, I-, I wonder if we are in what would eventually be considered a fourth phase with stuff like Happy Death Day and Freaky, where they're taking slasher movies and combining them with a different genre.
0: So there are other time periods that they break down to. Okay. Where there's the Golden Age. It's from 74 to 84, which was 78 to 84, I mean, which starts with john carpenter's halloween okay because even though black christmas is like one of the first slasher movies halloween is the one that like put it on the map
1: yeah yeah it, it's, and, it's the it's the one that made it a genre
0: and then with friday the 13th in 1980 that's the one that like people realized it was popular to mm. do this they they have a shit ton of movie references here and there, in this golden age era. Which he, we did that whole franchise, and they talk uh, um, Friday the Thirteenth, and they talk yeah. about that, and then they talk about how Wes Craven came in in '84, and again redefined it.
1: Yeah, our our, pers- our personal Bay Wes Craven.
0: But then they have what they call the directive video and series which is 85 to 95, which holds a lot of the franchises that we're talking about. So the shitty movies of Friday the 15th. <laughs> as well, as, as much as we like them, they are kind of terrible, the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. Yeah. They,
1: they're not great. They're not great. They, they don't hold their own.
0: They have moments. <laughs> but they ta- in this article, they talk about like a lot of these movies that either had very little time in theaters or went straight to video and they saw like a spike in sales, like a a huge rise in sales for them. And that's where a lot of these shitty movies that that we kind of make fun of.
1: (laughs) With Uh, love. With with love. love,
0: With love and support. And then you have the postmodern slashers is what they're called, which starts in 96 to present. And they talk about scream
1: being yeah the
0: first one however uh-huh west craven's new nightmare is really the first one and that came out in 94
1: yeah but i guess that, that one wasn't popular it so wasn't
0: we, so, so we, scream is the one that's popular
1: right that's the one that kicks it off as a trend
0: right but west craven did it first again <laughs> <laughs> did it first with new nightmare
1: he where, did it before
0: himself. Yeah, he did it before himself, where he actually wrote the script for it because mm. Kevin Williamson is the one that could be like credited for this postmodern slasher. And so New Nightmare is the one that is super meta. I know in Friday the 13th, part six, there is a re- they do reference horror movies, but like not to the extent of new nightmare and then no. subsequently scream.
1: No, it's it's a couple of throwaway gags at best.
0: Yes. But what we're also seeing in the postmodern slasher era is the remakes and the reboots. And a lot of the horror movies that are coming out these days are I hate to say it but they're not original really. Mm. They're they're making a lot of references to things in the past and um I We were doing this whole episode about Fear Street, but like I applaud them because not only do they do a slasher movie, but they also throw in mysticism and witchcraft, which isn't really done in slasher films. Right. Going back when it comes to the movie Psycho, Hitchcock, like, according to this article, made being in horror movies kind of chic in a way because he cast janet lee which yeah. again was what um scream was referencing so haha, oh, going back.
1: yeah 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 because Where janet they, lee they was like the, off the big star
0: right granted she she's less longer than casey beckett but <laughs> before that it was kind of like looked down upon to be in horror movies but when Psycho came out and became such a big success and Janet Lee won Best Supporting Actress and Anthony Perkins um, was like acclaimed for his role as Norman Bates. Now we have uh, slasher movies being like uh, the catalyst for a lot of Hollywood actors. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Bacon. Hi. Uh, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Uh, Patricia
1: Arquette.
0: Yeah, you, you go back and you look at these actors and you're like, oh, well, you can think this one horror movie <laughs> from this time period. Yeah. So usually in horror movies, you have five types. Okay. You, have, you have the jock, the easy girl, bad girl, if you will. Um, you have the, the nerd. The
1: whore, if you want to be politically incorrect. <laughs> the whore.
0: Um, you have the nerd you have the stoner and then you have the final girl like if you watch all the well well, we did (laughs) if you you watch all the friday the 13th or the nightmare on elm street they're very characters are very Mm -hmm. caricature-y they are definitely like i'm the funny one i'm this i'm that but in scream we had, and we had a, we just had a discussion about this, about Matthew Lillard being the stoner. Right. They kind of, they, they don't make them overtly obvious um, in some cases. And uh, to the point where, um, I don't know where I'm going with this train of thought. I'm just making No, right
1: it's t- okay. I, I guess you could say in a way like the stoner could be I guess, the jokester.
0: The joke, yeah. The character
1: you don't take seriously.
0: They move things around and change names, but yes. And then, but even that was discussed in Cabin in the Woods, where you have those archetypes. Right. Is that the word I want to use? Yes. Yeah. You have those archetypes and there's clear like, there's stones of their symbols and everything. And, you know, Go see that movie too. It's so good. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver has this whole monologue about. Did you forget Sigourney Weaver was of that movie? No,
1: I remembered because she's the best part of that movie.
0: But she has the whole monologue about the different types that right. they talk about.
1: And, and how had they kind of manipulated these people into becoming those types.
0: Right. But I feel like with postmodern slashers, like of this, of like current time,
1: Mm -hmm. um
0: also redefining
1: that absolutely i I mean i'm just thinking even the Scream tv series the third season the quote-unquote final girl is one a boy two a jock three black and he's you never get first of all it's rare enough that you get a black guy who survives these movies but never a jock
0: and it's funny you bring that up because Writer director Lee Jan Janek Janiak, she directed a couple episodes of like earlier seasons of the Scream series. So, no
1: way! Yes,
0: yeah, she did. Look at what? her IMDb.
1: Oh my god! Why isn't she doing Scream Five? Just putting that out there.
0: I don't know. She's too busy doing the, these movies. And uh, as a final final note. I recommended this to Shady before we started recording, but I'm gonna recommend it to everyone. There is a book that came out this year, literally 2021, a couple <laughs> months ago. It's called The Final Girl Support Group. For those of you that love the slasher genre, they break it down, they they say everything I said and more. Like it's so good, it's so well done. You will understand all the references that they're making because they make a shit ton. And you know support grady hendrix the author of it yes and i'm done with my ted talk
1: i love that
0: thank you that was I, great i hope i was informative i i hope i didn't come off as yeah
1: <laughs> no <laughs> thank I, you. Lo- I love the way you broke down like the periods and everything because i never thought of it as periods except like pre scream post scream
0: <laughs> thank you wikipedia for
1: that special features <laughs> <laughs> hey
0: Um, we're going to go into final thoughts
1: now. Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: With final thoughts, we, we altered the questions, if you will. We have four questions this time where we're going to start with Did we like these movies? I'm going to say yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, big thumbs up to both of these. Uh,
0: would we watch them again? Fuck yeah. Yeah. I mean, I now have to watch it 101st time. I watched Scream 101st time to find those goddamn boots. <laughs>
1: There's a lot of payoff upon rewatch for both of these movies. And
0: yeah, especially I, after, after you finish the trilogy of The Fear Street and then you go
1: back. Half my notes for this movie are just things that are either call forwards or like. Echoed later on in the trilogy.
0: Ooh, I want a picture <laughs> of that for the install.
1: Okay, uh, a-, a lot of it is also just listing the needle drops and at what time code they happen.
0: I mean, just a just a random picture. Uh, <laughs> would we watch them again? Oh, would we? Would we recommend them?
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, even if you're horror averse, I think these give you both of these movies give you enough enough in terms of character development that you can still appreciate it even if you don't like just watching people die
0: when you see cake get cake on your her face cover your eyes if you don't like <laughs> if you don't like horror right because like, yeah, if
1: you if you're squeamish turn around
0: turn around at that point but I will recommend these movies and if you have not watched scream I'm gonna judge you a little bit
1: I mean, even if you hate slasher movies, this is the slasher to watch. And if you love slasher movies, this is the slasher to watch. What are you doing with your life if you haven't seen it?
0: And then finally, this is a new question that we're going to ask for the next two Mm. episodes. Mm. Did Fear Street capture the themes and style of Scream? It's a little hard. (laughs) Because, like we talked about, they are Very different in tone. Scream is just pure slasher, but Fear Street is an onion with (laughs) all the layers being a different genre here and there.
1: And and even the way it ends doesn't reveal the core of the onion.
0: Right, because Scream is a good standalone movie, Mm -hmm. but Fear Street, you have to watch the trilogy. It's a series, basically.
1: I know. It's like watching... Just Fellowship of the Ring. You got to watch the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy, extended cut. Make a day of it, make a sure. week of it.
0: <laughs> but in terms of themes and style, it captured some of them for sure.
1: Yeah, I think it, it, it definitely did a similar thing, but in an opposite direction of Scream, where it did sort of retake what we know as the slasher formula and remix it and sort of add its own twists and uh, a new perspective on it.
0: It spiced it up, if you will.
1: Right. But because what it's doing is kind of innovating, it means that it can't be the exact same thing. Because- right.
0: No. That's why we got rid of that question that we usually ask if the same. Movie.
1: <laughs> right. But um, I
0: feel like it did it 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 got the essence of Scream as yeah. well as the slasher genre.
1: Yeah, and especially the slasher in the 90s, early 2000s. Also, like I think it is interesting because I didn't look it up. I'm assuming that this was filmed all on digital. None of this was film because it doesn't look like film to me. Sure, um, let's go with yes. And not to jump ahead to the next two episodes too much, but there is something about they were very smart about setting And they were very smart about location um, and really making it look slick in a similar way to how Scream and I know you did last summer and Urban Legend and all these other late 90s, early 2000s slasher movies that were really going for big audiences. They had a slickness to them that was missing from the slasher movies of the 70s and 80s that I think this replicates in a way while also adapting it to this digital style.
0: And like, I know it's set in 94, but I feel like, I think I said this earlier, where it's playing with 2021 or the 21st century mindset that we're now in.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So they're not necessarily being like, we're doing a 90s movie. Right we're it's we're setting a movie in the 90s but with today's viewpoint viewpoints yes so and, and
1: and they really are smart about how much of it is set at night and how much of it is set in the grocery store in the mall where they can use these really the really vibrant neon lights which looks so good on digital camera
0: uh the co- the coloring of the scenes like
1: and I, I will get to that even more in the next episode because I'm, I'm so a lot,
0: excited. I,
1: I like talking about cinematography. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I know enough about it to get excited about it.
0: I mean, when it's sexy, it's sexy, right?
1: Yes. There you go. You got it.
0: <laughs> uh, but you can reach out to me if you want to. Um, correct me on anything I've said or leave janiac <laughs> i'm gonna I keep saying her name differently yeah uh, you can <laughs> it's, you it's can different every time <laughs> you can tweet me at movies john that's john with no h shady we, where can the good people find you
1: the good people and also vj also good people is especially funny for this series ah. uh, <laughs> uh, you can find me at cookie O shady shady what kind of
0: dessert are you today
1: I am a Cosmo Brownie because that makes me think of the (laughs) nineties.
0: Oh my goodness. Uh, and if you want to reach out to the podcast for any like corrections that we we've said, go right ahead. No one's corrected us so far. So
1: (laughs) we got a whole year wrong last episode.
0: We did. And it took us until the end to fix it. Uh uh, but you can email us at movie deja vu pod at gmail.com that is m-o-v-i-e-d-e-j-a-v-u-p-o-d at gmail.com we're on facebook and instagram at movie deja vu pod and we're on twitter at movie deja vu no pod why shady
1: because the pod is the star and we killed it off in the first reel
0: oh look at you Hello. Uh, uh, and like, I, like we've been mentioning all throughout this episode, next episode is going to be Fear Street Part 2, 1978. But we're pinning it against Friday the 13th Part 2. And there were reasons for that. Mm-hmm. And trust us, Part 2 is, better, it is a better comparison for this one than Part 1. I agree than the original yeah so buckle up kids we're doing another series uh whether you like it or not because it's our podcast our rules so (laughs) oh uh shady yes i feel like we should go visit our towns for a bit before we get (laughs) like before we come back and do another episode
1: i'll go to shady side and you go to johnton
0: yeah let's go yeah (laughs) actually you know what yeah I'll be, I'll have tea with you in Shady side how's that
1: Oh I love that idea
0: okay goodbye everyone
1: bye